this morning for, for God to give me a word. He uh, gave me this vision of um, the, these cups of fire. And today, after after service, we're going to have prophets, uh, people to come up the front and prophesy over you guys for the new year. And um, uh, I got this vision of this. And these giant cups of fire were pouring onto the prophets. And then through their mouth, it would pour onto you guys that were receiving it. And then God, like, dropped me with with the weight of that and how that feels and, and that fire. And I think if you empty yourself and you allow yourself to be filled with that fire, you can spill it onto others as well because that's what God wants for you. He wants you to be filled with His fire. He wants it to be so real for you that you feel it in your body physically, that, that you tremble with the weight of it, how much fire there actually is. So if you feel dry in the season that's just gone past, you've just got through 2018, you've trudged along through it, and you need some of that fire, not for a month, not for a week, but for this year, this new season that's coming, and you're serious about it, then ask God to prepare you for that fire to come. And you, you'll receive that if you ask from Him. He'll give it to you. He's the giver of good gifts. And that was what God had for this church for, for today, if you want it. It's up to you guys now. It's up to you if you want to take hold of that and grab that cup and drink from it. So that was the word I had, to be prepared for that and to actually want it, not to half-heartedly want it. I feel my word ties into that really well. Um, this morning I was, I was praying before church and God gave me Mark 3. And in Mark 3 verse 19, uh, he's talking about the parable of the seed that's being sown onto the soil. And in verse 19, talks about the thorns growing up and choking the word. Um, you know, circumstances of life and, and the um, illusions of wealth and a, and a couple of the things that it mentions. And then a few verses down in a different setting in, in Mark 3, Jesus and the disciples are out on the boat and a wind comes up, a strong wind comes up and the disciples are very frightened and they wake Jesus up and he rebukes the wind and says, oh, you little faith, why are you afraid and he rebukes the wind and I really felt that God was saying there's going to be resistance and opposition to to your lives in general but I think specifically for this morning for the anointing that's going to be released over you guys this morning and you can rebuke it and Jesus was rebuking the physical wind but we know that the opposition that we receive is is from a spiritual source and you can rebuke those spiritual sources so i really feel that the two tie in quite well but be prepared and and come willingly to accept the anointing but also rebuke the circumstances around rebuke the thoughts in your mind rebuke the things that are holding you back and that are causing you to fear or causing you to doubt because you have that power to do so about that. Lord, we want to thank you for speaking to us this morning. We want to thank you, Lord, that you've given us your authority and your power. So right now, in your name, the name of Jesus, the name above every other name, 
we come against those thoughts um, of unbelief, those thoughts of lethargy, those thoughts of fear and anxiety, and we rebuke you in Jesus' name. We We take your thoughts, we take the thoughts you put in our mind captive to the name of Jesus Christ and rebuke them. We cast them out of our minds. We declare they have no power and no authority over us because we've been washed by the blood of Jesus, the forgiveness of sins, the erasing of all guilt and shame that you used to operate. We rebuke you now in Jesus' name. And instead, Holy Spirit, we ask you, we invite you to come and fill us now, Lord. Fill us with your faith. Fill us with, fill us with your expectation, Lord, that we can receive from you this morning. In Jesus' name. As we rebuke circumstances, Jesus rebuked the circumstances of the weather that were assaulting the boat. So we rebuke circumstances that are rising up to threaten us and intimidate us. We rebuke the financial situation that you're facing that's screaming at you, saying that you're going down. We rebuke that. So we're not going down, we're the head, we're not the tail. God is our provider. We rebuke the circumstances and the situations in relationships where we look at the relationship and say, this is bad, this is going south, this is never going to change. We rebuke that in the name of Jesus and say, no, we bring this relationship under the covering of the Lord Jesus. It is going to improve. It is going to change. It is going to reflect the glory of God. We rebuke the circumstances of health over people's bodies right now in Jesus' name, where you've had a health condition that hasn't changed and is shouting at you saying, you're always going to be sick. You're always going to be in pain. You're always going to be under this. We rebuke that in Jesus' name and say, that's not true. The truth is that we've been given divine health. We've been given grace. And so we're going to rise above that in the name of Jesus. We rebuke lethargy, spiritual lethargy, where it has just been too hard over and over again. Yeah, I want to, but it's all too hard. We rebuke that lie from the devil in the name of Jesus. Nothing is too hard for God. We can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us, the Bible says. So we rebuke those circumstances and those lies right now that want to steal away from us before we even begin the journey. And we start the journey with a clean slate in the name of Jesus. We break ourselves free. We break ourselves free from those chains. We sang it. We declared it. And we do it by the power of the name of Jesus. We loose ourselves from those attachments this year. We're going to walk free this year in Jesus' name. We invite the Holy Spirit to come. We want Him more than anything, the overwhelming sense of His presence in our lives. We want you, Holy Spirit. We want to be a church, a people, a family known to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be walking in the Spirit to being led by the Holy Spirit. That's what we want. Not led according to our flesh or our circumstances, but led by the Spirit of God. And so this year, we want to start on that foundation. We want this song to be the truth, our anthem that we sing over who we really are. We are born not of the flesh, but of the Spirit. We are born into a spiritual kingdom if we are children of God. And so we walk by the Spirit in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. So Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come on, let's finish on this song. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long to be. Mm-hmm. 
Holy Spirit, we want to welcome you today. And you are welcome, Lord. Your word says, where there's two or three of us in your name, there you are. So, Spirit, we welcome you. Father, we welcome you in our midst. And we want to come and say, holy are you, Lord, worthy to receive the glory and the honor and the praise from us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Morning, church. For those that weren't here last week, Happy New Year. Or must I rather say a blessed new year. May God fill you this year with more and more of him. It's just amazing how when God, God starts speaking, he speaks to us individually, but he also speak, always speaks corporately, or mostly when we hear individually, it is the same that everybody hear in a different kind of way. God was speaking to me this week about how our sometimes we feel we just need to get through this life to get to heaven. Please, Lord, come. I'm, I'm done. If I can just get to heaven, I can worship you, or I can relax, or whatever it is you want to do in heaven. And God almost gave me a sense of, but this life is actually like a, a dress rehearsal for heaven. It's not, let's get through it so that we can do the next thing. We're actually practicing to be in heaven. We want to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So we want to start seeing the things in heaven on earth. And just on, on the whole thing about worship that Paul was talking about this morning, just in Revelation it says um, about the four living creatures that says day and night they never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Just And th just this part, day and night, they never stop saying. That's what's happening in heaven. And whenever they say, the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sit on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him, and they lay their crowns before him and say, you are worthy of the Lamb. And then the whole of heaven just joins with that. So... My, my daughter is one of those that she listens, to, if she likes a song, she listens to it and kills it. Oh, that's how I feel. But apparently, this has been going on for ages in heaven. And it's still the top, the top one. It's still the top song. Everybody's still singing it. So we have to come into the habit of worship. Worship is not just Sunday morning in church, let's come and sing. Worship is daily, every day, the whole day. That's all that it should be, just worshiping. And on that part, we, we need to worship him, yes, yeah, sometimes in song, but worship is in our, how we live, how we spend our time. 
and how we spend our money. So how do you worship God with your money? How do you give? Where do you give? What do you give it to? Is the things that your money go to part of your worship? Can you really say that spending I can classify as worship? So just on that on that note, as we wait for the ushers to come around, just ask God, how can you worship him with your money? What is it that you need to give? And yes, it is so that we can look after our buildings. It is so that we can pay the pastors. It is for all of that. But ultimately, it is to further the kingdom of God, to be part of that. So while they, they take up the offering, because it's a part of worship, I'm just going to ask you to just actually close your eyes and worship him while you, while you give your money this morning. Father, we thank you for the privilege we have to give to you. Father, thank you that you have blessed us and that we have to give back to you. And we ask that you will bless us even more. Lord, we ask that whatever is given today, you will bless. You will give and you will restore Lord, we don't give to get back from you. But your word says that you will bless us when we give. We give because we love you and we want to worship you. So Lord, I ask that you will bless this in Jesus' name. Amen. So for all our, I see a lot of new visitors. Welcome. Welcome, yes. Come on, one church. Welcome them. If you haven't received a lovely welcome bag, it is the new year, so just feel welcome. Make sure somebody shakes your hand and, and just make yourself known. Don't just try and rush out the door. Please stay around, have a lovely cup of coffee with us and say hi to our lovely family. There's lots happening this year, so let's turn our attention to the screen for the announcements.
Welcome to One Church Perth, and it's great to have you with us. If you're a first-time visitor, we would love to connect with you. Simply fill out an information card, hand it in, and join us for refreshments after the service. For all the latest that's happening at One Church Perth, you can check us out on Facebook or alternatively on the website on www.onechurchperth.com. Okay, well there you go, you know what's coming up. Um, I just want to um, stress our three days of prayer and fasting coming up in a couple of, of uh, days' time. Um, over the years, we've done different types of fasts, and they've been longer, a week long. Some of us have done two, three, four weeks. Some have done 40 days, to which I, I commend you. Um, but then there's others of us who have done something more like a fast, F-A-R-C-E, uh, than a fast. Uh, you know, we've like, oh, I'm giving up wearing green shirts for a week um, or something like that. And um, I just want to encourage you that we, we're, we're giving you an opportunity. We're shortening it down to three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You have an opportunity this year if you've never broken ground in the area of fasting, proper fasting, not farcical fasting, but real fasting, denying your flesh of the things that it needs and desires, I have found every time I fast food properly um, that I start like dreaming about meals. I start like imagining what I'm going to have and what I'd like. And it seems like when I fast, people invite me out for, for food and they want to pay for it at the, at the cafe or the restaurant. It's crazy the amount of temptation that comes and uh, the amount of opportunity that God gives me to die to my flesh. So being a Christian, as part, part of being a Christian is fasting properly and part of being a Christian is living a life of self-denial. The world's motto is, if it feels good, do it. Fasting doesn't feel good. 
so you're never going to do it. Uh, but the motto of Jesus is deny yourself, pick up the cross, and follow me. That's the, the, that's the motto of being, a, of being a Christian. So I want to encourage you, come with us, take, it, take the bull by the horns this year, break some ground, say that's it for three days, I am denying myself food and the pleasures of food and the, and the, the necessity of food. I'm going just liquid and um, just water or just coffee and water, which is what I do because um, that's who I am, I guess. But yeah, so um, if you can join us on that, that'll be great. We're going to have prayer meetings, time together. It's going to be amazing. And God is going to move on the back of that, I assure you. Just another quick um, heads up. Pastor Chris uh, is in hospital at the moment with pneumonia. And um, he should be released tomorrow. Um, but I'll find out more uh, from him later on today, I hope. So um, can we pray for him? Will that be okay if we just, we just lift him up before the Lord and ask God to heal him completely? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us and that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for our sin and our sickness. And so today we want to pray for Chris. We want to ask, Lord God, that you would heal him completely. You would take out the virus, the infection, the bacteria that's um, stealing his health. You take it out. We pray that there's a spirit of infirmity at work that you would stop it and that you would rebuke it and, and drive it out. And we pray, Lord, that the care that he receives in hospital would be absolutely sensational. We pray that he'd recover fully, be released, and come home uh, to convalesce without any complications. We pray, Lord, that the devil won't be able to steal from his finances because his contract is such that if he doesn't work, he doesn't get paid. So I pray that he'd be able to go back to work and be strong enough to work and earn money for his family. I ask this, Lord, that you'd care for him. I ask this in your name, Lord Jesus, and by the authority that is in your name. Amen. Amen. Okay. So today is Vision Sunday, and I'm going to require my glasses because as I get older, the font gets smaller. You know, Jesus began his ministry um, after being water baptized. He goes into the temple, and there's the reading of the scroll of the, the Old Testament that gets read in the temple. And it just so happens, coincidence, yeah, not, that they are reading Isaiah 61 at that particular moment. And Jesus stands up in Luke 4, 18 and 19. You can see this. He stands up in the midst of them. He grabs the scroll. And he begins to read. And he reads and quotes Isaiah 61. And he gets to a portion of scripture where it ends by saying, and to declare the year of the Lord's favor. And he stops. And he says, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your midst. And that becomes the foundation for all the ministry that Jesus does from that day forward. And it should also be the foundation for all the ministry that we do going forward. Because Jesus declares that the way that he does ministry based on Isaiah 61 is out of an anointing from heaven. The way that he operates, the way that he does what he did. Now, how many of you know some of the things Jesus did? Raise your hand if you know some of the amazing things Jesus did. 
okay? Shout out to me what you, what you know that Jesus did. What, what was some of the main things he did? Raise the dead. That's quite cool. Anyone raise the dead in the room? I've done that. I have teenage boys. We do that most mornings. But for real, okay? Uh, how many of you, okay, what else has Jesus done? Open blind eyes. I can't see you because maybe I need that prayer answered. You're somewhere, but thank you. He opened blind eyes. What else? Healed the sick. What else? Can you say a bit louder? Water to wine. Thank you. Thank you. I need an interpreter. Thanks so much. Thanks for your patience too. Um, okay. Um, what else? Opened the ears. <laughs> Here's a miracle working God. I don't recall that one, but anyway. Um, cast out demons. That's an interesting follow on. Thank you. forgave sins i mean look at what jesus did and he said that you and i would do greater things than that that's the standard that's the foundation that's the beginning point and if we don't have an anointing from heaven to work with to operate out of we're going to be trying to do it out of our head and out of our best intentions, but we are going to fail miserably. Because all that Jesus did was supernatural. It was a heavenly, powerful, glorious gift that God gave him. And he says to us that we need to operate in the same way. So I'm going to ask you to join with me as we read Isaiah 61. We're going to go through Isaiah 61. Then we're going to look at the kind of anointings that are available for us to minister out of. It'll be on the screen in a moment. <laughs> oh dear. I, I've I'm speechless. What can I say? You'll have to listen to me. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks, foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. 
Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the people. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for He has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seed to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. I, I just love the way Isaiah writes. He inspires me. I love the poetry. I love the power. I love the passion. And um, I feel this is such a powerful word for us. This is what God gave to me as I sought the Lord. Uh, Lord, what is it you want, want me to lead out of for 2019? If I'm going to lead the church and encourage them to pray and encourage them to minister and encourage them to be the people of God, then what is it that you want me to lead from? No distractions here. And, um, you know, and uh, the Lord said to me, here's 2019. Here's the word, Isaiah 61. I want you to lay this as a foundation in the life of the church. You know, we have some foundations laid in us as a church. How many of you know some of the scriptures that are foundational to our journey? Shout at me if you know one. Isaiah 60, legend. That was very much a part of how we expressed the ministry that God had given us. It says that there's a darkness over the earth and a darkness over the people, but God's light has dawned on us and we rise up in His glory. Many of you have risen up in the glory and the light of God. That's become foundational to what we believe about what God says about us. Any other scriptures? Ezekiel 37, the valley of dry bones. God spoke to us about that. He said that there was a valley of dry bones. These bones were dead. There was no life in them. And God called us to come into this region where there was no church, no witness of the church, no witness of the gospel in this region. God said, I want you to come there and I want you to begin to prophesy. I want you to speak to those dry bones and command them to live. And they would live. And we sang about there's an army rising up this morning. That is very much a part of what happens when dry bones come to life. According to Ezekiel 37, they get transformed into an army. And God took a dry bones people and made them into an army that he can use to declare his purposes and do his works there are other scriptures like isaiah 49 that talks about our inheritance that god has an inheritance in store for us and it's been devastated for generations people have let go of their inheritance in god they've said oh no we can't have that part and we can't have that part and theologically we differ on this part and god says i want to give it all to you i want you to walk in the fullness that the acts church walked in 
And so we plumbed the depths of what it means to be the, the church, the New Testament church, the Acts church. That became foundational for us. Another scripture that's foundational for us is Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, where it talks about how God has given five gifts to the church to build them up, make them mature, to grace them so that they can be equipped and, and enabled to do the work that God's got for them to do. And that became part of our understanding of the leadership style that we need to employ. And so I arrive at 2019 with the same conviction that Isaiah 61 is going to change the way we do ministry as a people. If we begin to pray this and live this and walk this out and you wrap your life around this, it, you are going to live an anointed life. You are going to walk in an anointing. You are going to have a special dimension from heaven that is going to come into your world. You might never have experienced that. And I pray that from this day, you will begin to experience that. That you don't think you're worthy to carry an anointing for God. You think you're too young, you're too old, you're too this, you're too that, you're too bald, you're too hairy. Whatever your excuse is for why you can't carry an anointing from God, God wants you to know that this is the year that you begin to lay a foundation of conviction and belief in your life that you carry an anointing that Jesus paid for so that you could access. And it, it, it behooves us, that's a good word, you can look it up, it behooves us as the church to carry that anointing. We have a debt to the world to be the anointed ones. The world doesn't need another group of nice people showing up on their doorstep, knocking on their door saying, you know, come to my meeting. The world needs an anointed man or woman of God to come into their space and say, God told me you have a need and I'm going to meet it. God told me you were sick and he wants to heal you and I want to pray for you. God told me that you've been grieving and I'm here to tell you that you can start shouting for joy because God's going to change your circumstances. That's what the world needs. Needs a church who walks in the power of the Holy Spirit, who walks in the anointing, and then when they show up, the devil runs. So that's the kind of foundation that we need to be operating from. If you've been operating from any other kind of foundation, I'm here to tell you today, dig it up. It's not a firm foundation. Dig up the old foundation, get rid of the rocks and the rubble that are stealing from your life, and lay a good, firm foundation in your life that you are a mighty, anointed minister for God. Because Jesus fulfilled this promise, this prophecy that was given 800 plus years before. Jesus stood up and said, it's fulfilled today. It begins today. And if you are born of the same spirit of Jesus, then you tap into that fulfillment and you too can say, that scripture in Isaiah 61 is fulfilled in me today. Hmm. I'm on fire. You're allowed to catch fire too. The first few verses, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for captives, release from darkness for prisoners, and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What is proclamation? To proclaim. It is preaching. God has called you to have an anointing to preach. Some of you say, well, I can't preach. Well, the Bible tells me that each one of us needs to have a reason for the hope that we profess. You can feel you're the most inadequate preacher, but when the anointing of God gets on your life, He puts His Word in your mouth, and you begin to speak His Word, and it becomes like a sword of the Spirit that cuts through flesh and blood and cuts through stubbornness and obstinacy and gets to the very heart of the matter, the Bible says. Each one of us can move in that authority and power. You can parent 
out of the same anointing. If you've been parenting and it's like blah, 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 and it goes right over the top of your kids, you need an anointing from heaven to be able to be a parent who speaks words of life and words of destiny and brings correction from God into the lives of your children and sets them on a course to walk in an anointing. Amen? If you've been in a place where they've been proclaiming and operating out of an anointing that is not godly and they've been proclaiming curses over you, they've been cursing Jesus over you, They've been cursing Christianity. They've been cursing the church. And you're in a work environment or a school environment where you feel you've just received a false anointing, a demonic anointing coming at you, and you feel like you're overwhelmed. God wants to give you the anointing to proclaim that He is in charge and to readjust the spiritual atmosphere of your school or of your workplace so that the anointing that they operate in dries up and the anointing that you operate in kicks into high gear and begins to flow. But it's not just to proclaim, it's to bind up broken hearts. This is an opportunity for pastoral care, for counseling, for healing to be flowing through your life. Yes, there are gifts for this, but every one of us, this is our divine inheritance from Isaiah 49 that we can all tap into. We can all lay hands on the sick because we've all been commissioned to do exactly that from Mark chapter 15, where Jesus said, go into all the world, lay hands on the sick and they shall be well. Cast out devils and they will be free. Me, do that. Yes, you have an anointing for it. To bring freedom and release is deliverance. People are bound up when they don't know what they're bound up by or who. And we have an opportunity to say, you've been bound up by sin and by Satan. And you can get free. Ooh, that's old-time religion you're speaking there, Pastor. We can't talk like that to people today. We can't use that sort of language. If we say stuff like that, they'll freak out. Too late. They freaked out a generation ago. You can't scare them anymore. You can't turn them off. Generationally, they've been turned off already. Turn them on back to God. Hit the switch. You're bound up by sin and Satan. You need a Savior, Jesus. Let's get down to the core of it. Let's get right to the heart of the matter, and let's bring the message of hope. Let's be bold as lions. Well, four of us will. Hallelujah. We're here to proclaim favor and vengeance. I don't know about you, but there's a little part of me. It's immature sometimes. It's naughty, but it wants vengeance. How about you? You hit me, I want to hit you back. When the devil steals from you, when you've gone through stuff and you've been ripped off, wounded, betrayed, and broken, I think a little bit of vengeance is on the cards. It's not for me to get vengeance because the Bible says, God says, I will avenge. I will repay. It's time to hand things over to God and say, God, go get some vengeance for me. Let's get some payback, God. Let's see you rebuke the devourer who's stolen from me and restore to me, God, the favor that I should be living under. We have an anointing to walk in the favor of God and a backup to know that God is going to pay back what the devil's stolen. Gee, that's good news. 
I mean, that's good news for a guy like me. I, I, I find that stuff important. I find it important that I don't just, you know, like suffer stuff and then move on. I, I, want, to, I want reparation. I want it sorted out. I don't want to go to heaven with the ledger uneven. I want the books balanced. How about you? We have an anointing for that. Then in the next few verses, it says we'll comfort all who mourn, provide for those who grieve, bestow on them beauty instead of ashes, joy instead of mourning, praise instead of despair. They'll be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. Here we see that you and I, we have an anointing to comfort, to bring pastoral care, exhortation, encouragement. You could be one of those guys or girls at work who's always full of encouragement. How many of you work or live with a negative Nelly? Don't tell me if you live with them. How many of you know a negative Nelly? The cup is always half empty. It's always a gloomy day. How are you? Just surviving. You know, you got people like that in your life. Not happy, are they? They're not happy people. And we have an opportunity, we have an anointing to be happy people. So that's why I can say, Happy New Year. Because I want you to be happy this year. I want you to walk in the anointing that you are optimistic. You are blessed. You are prosperous. You have all the authority in heaven and on earth. It's available to you. And you can bring that comfort and that exhortation, that encouragement into the environment that you work in. Provide. Here's an opportunity for you to be a giver and a servant. You know, Jesus didn't come to, to be served, but to serve. There is so much benefit and blessing to our lives when we give. Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. When we follow the model of Jesus and we serve one another in love, we get blessed. It's incredible. We have need for service in our church. We really need some guys to step up. We need help with setup and some of the, the practical stuff on Sunday mornings. Uh, we've had guys who've been faithful and worked faithfully on it, but now the season's changing. We need new guys to step up. Maybe you could step into an anointing to serve, and your life will be incredibly blessed. It says we bestow, essentially, transformation on people. How do you get impossible situations to be transformed? I mean, you know, you read this. It says... Can you, I hope you can see that. It says, beauty instead of ashes, joy instead of mourning, praise instead of despair. I've, I've, I know what it's like to be in a valley of despair for a long time and for things not to change, no matter what I do. It's incredibly heartbreaking and depressing and you virtually want to give up on everything. And you need, I needed supernatural transformation in, in order to transition out of that pit of despair and into the life that God has for me. And this is the anointing God gives us to bestow transformation on people. And so there are people here who have a gift of intercession or a gift of worship or a gift of leadership, and God wants you to have an anointing to bring about transformation in people's lives. 
It's, a, it's a, amazing to me. It is an absolute blessing to watch that when I preach, somebody in the, in the congregation on that day, they get it. Something shifts in their life and they receive that kernel of transformation and they are changed. And they can point back to that Sunday when you shared that thing. It touched my heart and it changed my life. That's what fuels me. It's the idea that I'm operating out of an anointing that brings transformation to people's lives. That's what keeps me going. And so we all can operate in that same anointing. Are there situations in your family life or in your work life or even in your spiritual life where you are in need of transformation? I want to tell you this year God's saying there is an anointing for transformation. Are you still with me? Can I keep going? You feeling pumped? It says that they'll rebuild ancient ruins and restore places long devastated. Man, this is our story. Wherever we go, God transforms things and turns things around and it becomes the apple of his eye. Like this region was not meant to be the prosperous and blessed region that it is now. But it is so because we came here with this anointing to rebuild ancient ruins and to restore to the land the glory that God had for it. And you might think, oh, that's a big claim. Well, fine, it is, and I'm making it. And I'm going to hang my confidence on it because I've seen God do it wherever we've gone. Trish and I have worked in Melbourne in different suburbs, and those suburbs were known, were marked for drug violence and, and, and drug gangs and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And after a few years of us ministering in that place and establishing the people of God in their anointing, that suburb changed. It is no longer known for that. And when we came here, Belga by the sea, we don't live under that tag anymore. It's not the tag we live under anymore. It's now the God part of Perth, according to the West Australian. The reputation's changed because we move in that anointing to rebuild and renew. And who are we? I mean, what are we to do that? Well, we're priests and ministers of the Most High God. We move under the conviction that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The land, the sea, everything in that, and the people all belong to Jesus. And He told us to, to bring His kingdom to earth. So when we minister, we say, listen, this is the way it's it. it is now. But according to the Bible, it's not how it's meant to be. So it's got to change. And so we begin. And we, we sing and we dance and we wave flag. And we proclaim. And we look all weird and we look all crazy. But look at the fruit. Wisdom is proven by her actions. You can, you can argue all you want with my methods. But the fruit you cannot argue with. There's an anointing to bring transformation. And it's ours. And then Isaiah says, you, you, have you got that? Can you see the scope of this incredible ministry, of this incredible anointing that you and I can have? Can you see the scope of that? Now he launches into, into poems. And I'm a bit of a poet and I love it. And it basically, he says, you're going to receive a double portion and you're going to, not have shame and disgrace anymore. You're going to get your inheritance. Joy is going to be yours. 
And God hates when things go bad and things go wrong and he's going to sort out the wrongs and, the, and he's going to bring about security for generations. I mean, this is, this is what it is. It's blessing upon blessing upon blessing. God doesn't just bless once. He blesses over and over and over. He's the God of abundance. It, it runs over. You know, there's so many people who like their dream is just to get to level three. When they arrive at level three, whatever that might be, you know, you hear what I'm saying? A level three in their mind. If I just get there, get the house and the wife and the kids and the boat and the dog, level three, I made it. And God's like, level three, I'm the God of level gazillion. Let's keep going. I got level four for you and level five and level six. And that's what the kind of God we serve. We need to walk in that anointing. Not that we're ingrates who say, oh, it's never enough. No, we are blessed to be a blessing. We receive so much because we give so much. And in, in living this way, I know there's a whole bunch of people who their motive, apparently, according to what they say, is to provide security for their children. I don't believe them. I think it's to provide security for themselves. And I believe that they are setting themselves up for the best comfortable life that they can have. But we can argue later about that. But most people would say that they want security for their kids. I want to tell you there's a secret on how you can get the most secure environment for your kids. And you can set your kids up for, for a very blessed life. And that secret is in the anointing that comes from heaven. You do it God's way. You don't do it the way the world says. You do it the way God says. When you do it God's way, your children will be blessed. They'll go on to greater things, I promise you. There are plenty of people who gave their kids all the wealth and the money in the world, and it did not help them. It, it didn't provide what they wanted for their kids. So please, let's not be like the world. Let's carry this anointing. And set our kids up. Set our grandkids up. The heritage that's from the Lord, it's worth so much more than a million bucks. And then he carries on delighting in the Lord and singing praises to God and putting on his robes and his garments. And I believe that as we tap into this anointing, it goes in us and through us but it's also for us. It, it changes you. You work for the Lord long enough, you become more like Jesus. Your attitudes, your priorities, your principles, all start to be adjusted. What comes out of your mouth reflects God. You, you become an, a, a person who's being transformed as much as the world around you. You have an anointing. Anoint means to ceremonially confer divine or holy office upon a priest or a monarch by smearing or rubbing with oil. The synonyms for anoint are consecrate, sanctify, bless, and hallow. In 1 John 2.20, Jesus said this, You have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. Ephesians 4, 8, it says this, 
when Jesus ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. You have an anointing. You have an anointing for school. You have an anointing for work. You have an anointing for home. You have an anointing for relationships. You have an anointing for church. You have an anointing for trouble. You have an anointing for success. You have an anointing for provision. You have an anointing from God that will cut through every circumstance and every situation that comes against you. You have an anointing. And we need to tap into that conviction and say, God has provided something for me to be able to do this year well. God has given me something, a grace to be able to overcome things that should overcome me. God has given me something to be able to rise above the things that would normally pull me down. You have an anointing for that. What you choose to do with that anointing will determine your end of year party celebration. It will determine your testimony, what you do with that anointing. Jesus paid an exceptionally high price for this anointing. He died on the cross, was beaten, bloodied, bruised, broken, so that we could partake in that anointing. Jesus paid an incredible price for the anointing he makes available to you, to me today. What you do with that anointing will determine how your life goes. You can cherish it. You can say this anointing is valuable. This treasure that God gives in this jar of clay is worth a fortune. It's worth all of heaven. Jesus gave up all of heaven, humbled himself to come down to earth to be like a human, to be born in a baby, in a baby's form, in a barn, in a stable somewhere. He valued the anointing so much he was prepared to ransom heaven in order to deliver it to you and I. What are you prepared to leave behind and to put aside in order to come into the fullness of your inheritance in 2019? Are you going to do a, a mathematical equation and go, oh, well, you know, I've got it pretty good. And if I go down this road, it could disrupt things and I might be a loser. I want to tell you the testimony you carry is going to be determined by how you cherish this anointing. You can wrap your life around it. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else will be added to you. You can wrap your life around this anointing. You can pray for it. You can, you can cherish it. You can hold on to it. You can give it. You can share it. You can, you can serve with it. You can bless with it. You can wrap your whole world around it. You can wake up every day and say, God, what do you want me to do with this anointing today? God, what, do you, what is it you want me to do? Who do you want me to minister to, to, to today? Or you can put it on the shelf and say, not 2019, some other year. The choice is ours, is yours today. You have an anointing. It has been prophesied 800 years before Jesus came. Jesus stood up and said, it has happened. The New Testament apostles wrote it and proclaimed it and said, you have it. You've got it. I'm standing up today and I am prophesying as I preach over you that you've got it. You don't have to be the way you've always been. What are you going to do with it? Paul encourages Timothy, he says, don't neglect your gift, which was given you through the prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Another 
translation says, don't minimize the powerful gift that operates in your life. I want to encourage you. We're going to give you an opportunity today in a few minutes where we're going to lay hands on you, bless you. We're going to either do one of the following three things. We're going to impart to you your anointing and you may never have received it before. This will be the first time. Or we're going to fan into flame the anointing that's died out a little bit. Or we're going to affirm the anointing that you're walking in and say, you're a champ, keep going. But we are going to provide that environment according to the way that Paul writes to his son in the faith and says, come on, man, don't neglect this. Don't don't just get so busy and so caught up in life that you forget that God gave you an incredible anointing to do incredible things for him. So I want to say to you, what, what will you do with your anointing in 2019? Well, here's what I w- would encourage you to do. Cherish it, wrap your life around it, pray for it, and give it away. I found if I hold on to the anointing, it dries up. Give it away every day. You know, there's so many things, there's so many situations that come to steal away that anointing. The devil knows. He knows that he, he may not be able to get you to deny Christ. You're, you're a Christian. You're going to stay a Christian. You're going to die a Christian and inherit eternal life. Good. He may not be able to get that. But if he can get your anointing, if he can take away that special dimension that God gave you, then all you'll be is just a Christian. A Christian in name, maybe a regular attender of church, but that's it. And the devil is not afraid of you if that's it for you. He's happy with you. He'll probably even bless you in that. Yes. That's right. Stay there. Go to sleep. Sleep now. Sleep. You can be one of those sleepy Christians, but not in this church. Because I will make it my mission to wake you up. And I will make the anointing that flows through me powerful enough to stir the embers of your soul so that you cannot walk out of this room the way you came in. That's my mission. So if you're not awake yet, on the count of two, one, two, wake up! Walk in your anointing. It's yours. Can I have the prophets please come forward? All those of you uh, called upon to pray. Okay, I've prepared the team. They, um, they know what they're going to be doing for you today. We, we used to run with tunnels of fire, but we found we had a corkage problem in the tunnel. No names mentioned. Um, so uh, we're adjusting. We've now got a panel of fire. Okay, so I want to encourage you, go to one or go to all. Drink deeply. 
Go and find and ignite the anointing in your life. Go up and let them lay hands on you. Pray for you. Bless you. And wake up to the anointing that God's got for you, for you to walk in in 2019. So without any further ado, you are invited.